Just go to www.badycontest.org, B-A-D-I-E contest.org, and keep on enjoying audio description. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everybody, and it is the first Wednesday night of the month, being February 3rd, and welcome to the Magic Mac Show, uh, the show where we talk about the magic that is the Macintosh computing system. So, uh, my name is Tyson Ernst, and I'm uh, one of the Magic Mac host team here. Uh, with us tonight in the room, we have my my partner in crime, Jason Castingway. Hey, everybody. Hey, and of course, the ever lovely Katie Frederick. Good evening. How does my audio sound tonight? You sound fabulous as always. Awesome. Yep. Glad to be here. Oh, we're, we're so happy to have you here. And then uh, manning the boards for us tonight, we have uh, Miss Debbie Hazelton, the ever lovely hostess with the mostess. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Tyson. All right. But tonight, we are not just, it's not just the four of us here sitting around and talking about Mac and some of the apps and stuff like that. We have a very special guest with us tonight, uh, someone who I've recently become acquainted with, and I am ever so happy to do that. And we're so proud to bring bring you into into the show tonight and we have miss allison sheridan from podfeet.com she is the chief podcaster for the nocilla cast uh which you can pick up on any of your favorite pod catchers and she is uh she has graced us tonight by agreeing to come in and talk about her mac journey and stuff like that so welcome allison Thanks so much for having me, folks. This is really going to be fun. I'm excited. It is. I, I, I think that this is going to be like, we were jazzed when, when, when this all came up. We're just like, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, you found a podcaster who wanted to talk. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, just, I, just I, you guys are so rare in this world. <laughs> so, and especially one that talks about things that you do. So. One of the reasons why we wanted you on this show is because in your uh, you are a rarity in in this in that you talk about uh, in your podcast and we'll get into this here in a few minutes. Uh, you talk about voiceover and you are an advocate for the use of voiceover. So, and we think that that is um, anybody who wants to wants to talk about that and, and kind of give our our plight of accessibility and access, uh, the room it deserves is special in our books. So that's kind of why I, I wanted you to come and talk about that and, and to, to talk about your journey uh, into podcasting, how you got started, what, what made you decide on, on uh, inclusion and accessibility 
in that. So I'm just going to turn it over to you and, and we can start just off by ramble. <laughs> just, yeah, just ramble. <laughs> We're just going to sit here entranced. Well, uh, I hope you'll break in and ask me questions. I, I do want to make sure people know that I am what my blind friends and, and other accessibility challenge friends call um, currently abled. Uh, so uh, I, I love the one you used, your photon dependent. Photon dependent. That was another <laughs> one. Yeah. Or one of my friends called me a sightling. I kind of like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that one too. Sounds like a science fiction version. Um, so the. I've been. I tried to go back and figure out exactly how did I get started with accessibility, and I think I can pinpoint it. There's a book uh, by a gentleman. I think his name is James Garfield. It was called "Follow My Leader," and it was. Uh, it's kind of a like preteen sort of book, young teen uh, book. And I read it when I was 12 years old. And it's about a young boy who gets blinded by uh, fireworks. A, I would never go near fireworks ever again, having read the book. But uh, the the thing that was interesting in the book to me was he got to the point where he goes to the Braille school and he learns to read Braille. And so they showed the Braille alphabet. And I went out in, and got a big piece of cardboard and a punch out of the garage. And I, I made a Braille alphabet and taught myself Braille when I was like 11 or 12 years old. And wow. I, I think that's accessible tech, right? Right. <laughs> and... I was fascinated that that the blind had this really cool secret code, and I wanted to know the secret code too. So I think it stems all the way back to there. Um, but one of the things that happened in doing a podcast, so I started podcasting in uh, May of 2005, which makes me one of the longest running podcasts uh, at 15 years. Adam Christensen's uh, The Mac Cast is older than my show, uh, but in Mac Podcasters, I'm, I think I'm second in terms of the continuous single host or, you know, even multiple hosts, but uh, continuing hosts. I think also you have never missed a week, have you? Yeah, I did four shows right up front, and then I I stopped for a couple of weeks, and then the this guy wrote to me and said, hey, what happened to the podcast? And I realized somebody was listening. That was the first time anybody had written to me. His name is Neil, and he lives in Florida, and I call him out once a year ever since that it's his fault that the show's still going. But I, from that day forward, I never missed a show. From once I got feedback, I was I was sold. Um, one of the things that's unusual about my show is it's there's a blog that a blog post that goes along with every single article, and um, I, I did that originally just because I don't do well in front of an open mic without somebody to talk to. Like I'm, I'm speaking fairly fluidly talking to you guys, but when I speak just into a mic by myself, it's all ums and ahs, and I can't. I'm just not articulate at all. Oh, so I, I started. I started. Yeah. Well, so I started writing out what I was going to say. And then uh, I started writing these blog posts. And I'll never forget somebody saying, you know, why do you give the people the blog post? Maybe maybe they'll read instead of, of listen. And I said, well, gosh, I'd be terrible if they got the content the way they wanted it. You're right. I should stop doing this. Uh, but one of the things that has kept me going, I would never stop doing the blog post now, is uh, a young man uh, who was uh, deafblind wrote to me. And told me that he reads my blog on his uh, on his Mac Mini, and he said, "I don't want to interact. I don't want to get to you know talk to you or do anything else. I just want you to know I'm out here." And I was like, "Dude, I am doing this. I'm doing the blog post for the rest of my life for that. I mean, I'm I'm never going to stop writing for him. Right. I don't know if he's still out there. He probably quit list reading the next week." But. <laughs> uh, now you now um, 
in, in doing my re- uh, stocking, I mean, research uh, into you, um, I saw that you, you have uh, a couple of degrees that, that uh, aren't in media broadcasting, so to speak, or they relate to it in somehow. Uh, you have, yeah, uh, I've got a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering from UC Irvine and a master's in mechanical engineering specializing in kinematics from UCLA. And uh, I worked as a practicing engineer for 11 years. And then the first CAD system came in, computer-aided design system came in. And everybody thought that was stupid because drafting boards were good enough for my grandfather. They're good enough for me. And they said, well, maybe we'll get Allison to play with this and see what this thing is. And I realized after uh, a couple of years that I basically enjoyed the process of getting the computer to do what I wanted it to do more than I cared about the thing I was designing. And that's when I realized that my real calling uh, was not in mechanical engineering after all, it was in uh, in computers. And so I ended up running a, uh, a very large engineering computing organization where we, we, I had a bunch of sysadmins that worked for me and, uh, and, and did that for most of my career after that. So let's kind of get started into the, um, into the podcasting side of your life. So what, what made you decide to one day say, this is what, let's do this. <laughs> well, um, so podcasting started in October of 2004. And by May of 2005, I was podcasting. And I think part of what happened in that, in that time frame, um, my brother Kelly passed away and he was one of these people who just like, just did stuff. You know, he think I could do that and he would just do it. Like one day he went, I think I'll live in, in Hawaii. And he, and he moved to Hawaii and he, and he helped start a company on the big island of Hawaii. And then he thought, you know what? Hawaii's cool, but you know what's even cooler? Kauai is even cooler. So he built a house over in Kauai. And then he like started a farm there and he just, he just did stuff. And he would always just tell me, well, yeah, you can do it, Allison. Just, just do it. And so after he passed away, I thought, you know what? I can I could hear all the the thoughts in my head of, oh, you can't do that. You know, you're not you're not good enough to tell people what you're thinking. And I thought he would have just gone, yeah, just do it, Allison. Why don't you just do it? And so I just did it. And uh, I, I realized that I spent a lot of time bothering people in the line in a grocery store, telling them about cool tech. And I thought maybe if I did it as a podcast, I would be talking to people who actually were choosing to listen to me instead of just stuck in the line next to me at the DMV. And uh, not that I don't still bother strangers about things that I think are, <laughs> hey, have you seen this app? This is really nifty. Um, so I, I really felt compelled to tell people what I knew. And, and once I got the microphone going, I just, I just couldn't stop. And I want to let, my, let uh, you know, Jason, Katie, Debbie... If you guys want to come in with a question or, or something to continue the conversation, feel free. Um, I could take I don't a want turn to, in. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I don't want to interrupt uh, the flow that Tyson's got going, um, but I do have a question when, when the accessibility portion comes up. You know, I don't know exactly when it happened, but podcasting is the perfect medium for people without sight. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like it was designed for you, for you and long haul truckers. They have to they can only <laughs> listen. There are a ton of long haul truckers who listen to podcasts. It's it's huge for them. So I uh, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but they started to uh, to write to me. And um, I, I, one of the first people I met was Daryl Shandro, who I don't think he oh, still yeah. does the show anymore. Yo, you're familiar with me. Did the Blind Access Journal. Mm-hmm. Yes. And. 
Okay, great, great. Well, so I met Daryl at a real early podcast expo, and we got to know each other, and then he convinced me to go to the CSUN Assistive Tech uh, Technology, Mm -hmm. I'll get it yet, Assistive Tech Conference. (laughs) It's a mouthful, I know. Yeah, well, it used to be the Persons with Disabilities Expo, which was even harder to say. (laughs) So he took me to that once, and I'll I'll never forget the first one, because I thought the first one was just hilarious, because it was in a a hall that was way too small. Mm -hmm. So basically, you just had this giant traffic jam of people with canes and dogs and all of the booths blaring audio to try to catch people's attention. And it was it was like walking through bumper cars. It was it was ridiculous. Unfortunately they moved it to a much larger location that has plenty of room and it works really well now and the comedy's gone. Um, but it is one of my favorite things to go to. In fact it's the first thing that got that I didn't go to when uh, the virus hit. Uh, mm-hmm. was we it was like that week we were all going to go and then it was like oh man this is starting to look like a bad idea uh, and, well, uh, the, yeah they, yeah there was the stories about the guys in the halls who were like yeah we're just going to pack up and go yeah yeah no it, it was not a good idea but i i started really loving uh going to that um and i do a lot of interviews at that show uh and it, to me it's like a candy store i mean there's just yes. so many fun toys and things mm-hmm. have you been to it katie i had the opportunity to go um i was looking back and this came up on my facebook memories the other day it was in 20 20 17 or 18 that I went and um, I think it would have been the 2018 CSUN. Oh man, we probably um, walked right past each other. Probably. I had a dog so I was probably one of the ones, uh, you know, my dog probably sniffed you or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, CSUN is great. It's I found it Honestly, it's be a little bit overwhelming. Um, you know, I think, it, I mean, it's just so big now. And of course, you know, now I think they moved it to another hotel, which is in Anaheim and, you know, even well, yeah, they, different. They so, moved it back from San Diego to Anaheim. Yeah. And I think that has some drawbacks in terms of, you know, transportation, but they also needed space. So um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, but it is a great conference for sure. And it is kind of the, um, the who's who and what's what in, in AT. And so it is, it is really, really neat to see. Um, and I particularly love the interviews because that's, you know, I don't, I don't have the time or always the, not the patience, but I mean, the, the exhibit hall guys is just, I mean, we think our ACB exhibit hall is huge. This thing is like massive. I mean, hundreds mm-hmm. of oh, vendors yeah. and you know, it's just, it's just, you walk in, you're like, uh, what? Yeah, that's, and it's that's also an all day hard. event. It's yeah. It's tell. really, it's hard mm-hmm. to tell what's uh, what's for the blind or for uh, people with other other challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tend to I tend to probably over focus on on things for blind people, but I've learned about some just amazing devices. I remember this one guy had a. Um, uh, had a tablet that he had recorded his own voice into with buttons for his son. His son couldn't speak, and and he said he he built this for his son so his son could could speak. And wow. he t- told the story about it. He said, you know, he's had all these surgeries, and he goes, and his face is really messed up, so he doesn't look great, and he's and he's really shy because of that. But I gave him this, and he went into a, a McDonald's and he ordered himself a hamburger by himself. And he was about 17 years old, and this beautiful young woman who was behind the counter put her elbows on the on the table and her hand and her her chin in her hands and went, oh, "That's amazing!" And it was like the best day of this kid's life. Oh and I'll God. just never forget that story. So yeah. many, so many cool, fun things there. Um, I also got to know a gentleman named Slough, 
And uh, actually, it, there was <laughs> there was a funny story at, at one uh, blog world, or uh, I'm sorry, podcast expo. I was sitting on the floor outside of the main hall with uh, Daryl. And and he was sitting there with his cane and we chatted with some people and everything. And then the next year I was sitting in the exact same place, but I was sitting with Slough. And somebody, one of my friends came up and I started to introduce him to Slough. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I met him last year. And I was like, no, I just picked up another blind guy. I'm just, it's just what I do. You know, I collect them. This is what I do. <laughs> Collect all twenty, <laughs> but these were some of the people. And a guy, uh, Buddy Brannon, uh, yes. was another oh, yeah. one. Mm-hmm. You guys know Buddy? Yeah, we well, do. Yes, they convinced me. But it was my idea. But they convinced me that it was a good idea to do a tech talk at MacWorld Expo entitled "Blindfolded." And so I demonstrated using an iPhone and a Mac without being able to see using VoiceOver, <clears throat> and. I highly recommend you don't go watch that on YouTube. I want because I just watched it. It's horrible. It's it's a. Um, I I did really well with the phone. I practiced for six weeks learning to type on the iPhone, and uh, I got up to I think it was four words per minute. And so uh, it took a really long time for me to do that part, but I was successful at opening an app and typing and sending a text message. But then I switched over to the uh, uh, to the uh, to the Mac. I, did I say the Mac? The, the, it worked fine on the iPhone. When mm-hmm. I switched over to the Mac, I did the one thing you should never ever do. Everybody knows: don't change your presentation right before the presentation. <laughs> oh yeah! At the last minute, I got this idea that hey, it would be easier if my presentation was on the desktop and. I'd never practiced it with it on the desktop, and somehow oh. I got stuck to it, and I couldn't get it off oh. me. It was like a piece of toilet paper stuck to your shoe, and or, right. or I was running around in circles. I, I finally I had to take it off. I ended up in the Finder, and I was starting to expose personal files and everything. Oh, dear. And my husband was there, and he's like, "Al, Al, 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 no, 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 stop." Uh, I did listen to that, and yeah, that was. I'm just oh. like, you know, just, just, you know. Do this and, and yeah. this it's like man. watching a slow train wreck, wasn't it? It's just, <laughs> oh it, gosh! It, 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 yeah, but the thing I I achieved, which wasn't my intent, was to demonstrate how hard it is, especially on the Mac. And um, but it got me into practicing and learning it. And from there, I've now gotten to the point where I not always remember to do it, but usually when I do app reviews, I think, huh, I wonder if this is uh, is voiceover capable. I can't tell anyone if it works well with voiceover because I'm maybe I wouldn't even give me low intermediate, high beginner level maybe with voiceover on the, on the Mac, mm-hmm. but I can tell you if it isn't. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if I just get, you know, bong bong bong, I'm pretty right. sure I know that doesn't work, you know, I can mm-hmm. get that far. And um but I've also found uh, apps where they're highly accessible but they're missing one button or and and in a oh, lot of yes. those cases I find I think that they didn't actively make it accessible it just got automatic because they followed the mm-hmm. APIs correctly they right. got a lot of it and they're like wow really oh. it's accessible mm-hmm. yeah oh, that's cool <laughs> except for the one button that you need that like does something major like you right. know sign exactly. in create account it's, you know it's a happy mm-hmm. accident yeah. what's button 5 do hmm. yeah well, i guess we'll push it and find out there's a <laughs> yeah, i was there's a radio DJing. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. There, there's a radio DJ app that allows you to, I mean, pretty much do everything in the app, except you can't see your list of files. <laughs> it's like, that's how. Minor detail. <laughs> Major Let's detail. Guess what song this is? Yeah. <laughs> but I was listening to your to your um, to this week's podcast, and you were talking about the Overview app. 
Oh yeah, overviewer. Yeah. Or overview, yeah. So and and you talked about that. You're like it, it's it's accessible except for these two buttons. Yeah, it it actually wasn't bad. Uh, Overviewer is a an app that allows you to use your camera as a um, a document scanner, like what teachers use, where where you put a piece of paper down mm-hmm. on a mm-hmm. on a platform, and then it's got a camera above it with a light, mm-hmm. and it allows you to use your iPhone for that. And it's really really cool. And and it actually does completely function. Uh, with voiceover. The only problem is um, the icon he chose for turning on the flashlight doesn't change state or doesn't change its look when it changes state. Mm. So what you hear is fill, I think it says filled flashlight and then you hit it and it says filled flashlight. Mm. Which one was on and which one was off and you actually can't tell when you're using it sighted either. You have to turn, but you can turn the the phone around and look to see if there's a light. Well, if you can't see the light, then that doesn't do you any good. So I've I've written to him (laughs) Uh, hopefully, I'll take a look at it. I did want to tell you about a different, um, another presentation I did that I thought was the outcome was very interesting. A long time ago, right around the time that Facebook had seven hundred fifty thousand uh, users, so I don't. That's quite a while ago. But what are we at? Two million, three million, all of the planet. Um, I remember I did a I did a presentation called uh, "How to Increase Your Audience Size Through Accessibility." And I thought this might be a good pull because everybody wants to increase their audience size, right? And I said, if you if you create your things to be accessible, all these other people can come play. And I explained why that was important. And then I started, I did mostly stuff uh, for the web. And uh, for instance, I said, don't do an, a visual only CAPTCHA back then. That was a thing, right? And I explained mm-hmm. why that was stupid and everything. And um, the thing that really disappointed me, but I was glad I gave the presentation was afterwards, a guy came up to me and he said, um, I work for uh, Section 5, or I manage the the U.S. government's Section, I think it's 508? 508. 508. Mm -hmm. He managed that website and he said, Allison, I had three visual-only CAPTCHAs on that page. He said, I took them off while I was talking to you, or while while you were talking. (laughs) Yeah, I I used to work for the government, so I'm... Nothing really shocks me anymore. <laughs> well, I was but glad is, the guy that was is there. Sad. And yes. I was glad he learned, but I right. was thinking, so exactly uh, what, how well were you trained to do your job? That was really sad that he got lucky and heard me tell him. I mean, I was glad I made an impact, you know, right. I felt like a hero, but that was, that was kind of sad. Well, I think um, that's one thing that, that we all need to keep doing, right? And I know sometimes it gets old or we feel like we're just constantly saying the same things or, but, you know, I mean, people, I don't think it's that they don't want to make their apps accessible. They just don't know how, right. Or they haven't taken the time to learn or they haven't received the training they need. So, um, you know, I think it is important for us to keep, to keep pushing that and keep pointing those things out and keep, you know, keep having those presentations because yeah, I think, I I think um, they are beneficial. Two other of my buddies, Scott Howell and Keith Watson, are both uh, people who really like to work with developers and and help them fix their their tools. And they both approach it the way I really, really like, especially Scott. He, he, He goes in assuming the person will be receptive and is helpful, and he doesn't go in and tell them they're idiots or anything. He's just got, they both have just a great attitude. So what I'll often do when I talk to somebody and I say, you know, you've got some big pieces missing in your, in your code. Can I introduce you to my buddy Scott? You know, Mm -hmm. and I, and I hand them off to Scott. And a lot of times he's been able to, to really help them. Um, both of them worked 
very closely with the gentleman that developed uh, Keyboard Maestro. Ah. And so Keyboard Maestro, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that tool, but it's a macro building tool for the Mac. And uh, it's highly powerful and it is completely accessible. And it's because the two of them helped. And the developer did all the work. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I have That's that awesome. installed and I use it for a few different things. So cool. I'm I just starting not. to get I'll to know it. I'll check it out, perhaps. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really nifty for, for doing automation on your Mac. Oh, I really need to check it out then. Yeah, there's even a neat little workflow that allows you to take a screenshot of a screen that may otherwise be inaccessible, and it'll read whatever text it finds on that uh, screen. Nice. So it's pretty amazing. But it requires a little under-the-hood work to to get some underlying software installed for the scanning and um, OCR part. <laughs> I hear a Magic Mac show coming up, Tyson. Yeah, exactly. that's right. <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds like that needs to be uh, featured. Yes. Scott no. and Keith come on and help you. Hey. That would be cool. That, you know yeah. what? Yes, if you put them in touch with us, please. Sure. Yeah. Remind me afterwards because I forget pretty much everything anybody ever says. <laughs> Ditto. Ditto. I'm like, what, what did you tell me half an hour ago? Has <laughs> the conversations progressed since then? <laughs> One of the things I'm thinking of is is that time when you were, I think you said 11 or 12, when you punched the Braille into the cardboard. So you already had a little piece of something going on in your brain about blindness or this, this cool new code. And, and I'm wondering if that stuck in your mind and is that what influenced your interest in um, looking at uh, accessibility on the Mac? I'm not sure that you could say a direct correlation, um, but meeting so many blind people who were willing to teach me things was probably a bigger influence on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Blindness does run in my family, so I had a vested interest, but I I don't remember ever thinking... Uh, that that's why I would be interested. I'm really curious about tools. That That's the biggest piece of it. I just like to learn new stuff. If somebody says, um, you know, hey, there's this app, it's really cool. What is it? I downloaded it. What does it do? You know, I'm downloading before somebody even finishes telling me what it is. <laughs> so it's my love of tools that's probably the predominant thing. But over time, um, my mother had macular degeneration and she uh, did eventually lose a lot of her sight. Um, and so I was always interested in that. And, uh, so I, I actually got her some cool toys from, uh, from CSUN to, to bring over and let her play with. Um, she loved technology, just loved it. And she was so bad at it, just I mean, <laughs> appallingly bad at it. It was, it, she, but she would always try, you know, she would always have fun with it right. and tried to learn it. So, um, I do have dry macular degeneration myself. Uh, they don't, they don't expect it to change, but you know. I sort of see it as a high potential for my future, but I, but again, I never learned this stuff as an investment towards that, but it sure can't hurt, right? I was going right. to say, you kind of got a leg up on it already. Yeah, yeah. Should, should that hope, you know, should that eventuality come to pass, but yeah. we, you know, we hope it doesn't. I've had a lot of fun helping people. Um, there was a, a real interesting time. Uh, a friend of mine told me that his his father-in-law had very, very sudden loss of vision, just like overnight lost 75%. And he wanted me to come over and help him do some stuff. So he, was, uh, he has an iPhone and he has a Mac and so figured this would really be great for him. But it took us quite a while before we were able to line up our schedules. A couple of months went by. And in that time he went to Braille and he got a lot of cool tools and he learned a lot of stuff. So he was still, he was already doing pretty well. He knew some of the real basic stuff that I was gonna teach him. 
but we had uh, we had lunch before we sat down at his Mac. And uh, when I first first walked in, my friend says, "Oh, and by the way, he has a lot of hearing loss too." And I thought, okay, well, this will be this will be challenging. And uh, we came in and you know it had a little chat, and then we all sat down in the in the kitchen with a linoleum floor, and uh, it was uh, six of us. So the, my my friend and his wife, and the father in law and mother in law, and my friend's wife had a voice that was basically like this. She talked like this; you could barely understand a word she said. She had she was a mumbler, and she you could just tell that he couldn't hear her. He was never responding to things that she was saying. The, the father-in-law was, and so we started talking about he had hearing aids and he had these. Uh, he had Bluetooth hearing aids, and I said, "Well, have you ever seen the uh, the the listen function on the iPhone?" And he said, "No, what's that?" And so I turned it on and I set the phone in front of his daughter-in-law, and he went, "I can hear." And he was just like, I can hear her for like for the first time in five wow. years, he was able to hear her. <laughs> wow. And Gosh. it was, it was, that was life changing for him where the other stuff I told him was just like, well, you know, here's where you can increase the font size a little bit. And, uh, and it was, it was, it was really a good moment though, that I got to teach him that. And then later on, they told me he went to a restaurant and they handed the phone to the waitress and he was able to order his own dinner. And that hadn't happened in years. That's awesome. So, yeah, you got to learn this stuff, right? Well, that's I what I love about Apple, like- you know, is they just, it's, you know, it's if you have a hearing loss or if you have visual, you know, vision loss or something, it's just, you know, their stuff, they try to make it accessible and usable for everyone. And that's just, you know. What, what every company should be doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do seem to be leading the way. I, th- I think mm-hmm. Microsoft's coming along, but they they, they lagged. They lagged, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're they're catching up. But yes, we're allowed so. to say nice things about Microsoft nowadays, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad that war's over. You know, everybody just everybody get better. That's all we really need, right? Yes, absolutely. And I, I do remember too when when the iPhone first became accessible. It was two thousand nine, and I just couldn't believe how much they just like threw it out of the park. It it worked so well right out of the box. I didn't have any problems. Of course, it took me a little while to adjust to a touch screen. Um, but all of us, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so it was. I mean. It just changed my world, and and you know, with the Mac, I I had gotten it uh, in 2007, so accessibility was already there. It wasn't wasn't quite the same experience, although I mean, I got a Mac and never looked back. But uh, with the iPhone, especially, it, it, it's like it wasn't there, and then boom, it was there. Holy cow! Oh, so it was an overnight change. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, do you any of you use the Braille keyboard on the on the iPhone? Yes, the touchscreen input. Yeah, I love that thing. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I've works. tried it. Um, I've not taken the time to fully learn it. I mean, I know Braille and I use Braille every day. Um, I've just not taken the time to focus on the on the touchscreen side of of inputting Braille. So um, how do you that, how do you type? Um, I usually use the the touchscreen, the QWERTY keyboard, or um, more often than not, I connect it to a, a Braille display or a keyboard. Okay. So, um, yeah, and that's yeah. just my my own. You know, when I first got my iPhone, the Braille. Screen input wasn't there, and then it kind of, you know, back in the day would get broken or, you know, the things. And I just, once it came out, I just, I don't know, I've just never picked it up. I, I think I just have a hard, when I have tried it, it's worked pretty well, but I just haven't you have given other it options, a fair right? chance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, and it's interesting, Katie, it, for, for me, it wasn't a quick switch either. It was mm-hmm. try it, eh, 
and yeah. then forget about it and then come back to mm-hmm. it. And finally it's stuck and it just, uh, that's what I've heard. And I just, I've been meaning to take the time during COVID and well, here we are uh, <laughs> 11 months later and I still haven't quite mastered it. Um, but again, there are options. So, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I know that it works and I know that it, that it can be done very well. So, yeah. um, that is funny how we all figured we would do accomplish these amazing things when we were locked up and we're still not getting stuff done that we always <laughs> right. promised we would, right? <laughs> oh, I'm going to get gosh. in shape and I'm going to paint yes. all the rooms and I'm going to... No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so mean, meanwhile, the supplies are sitting, you know, in a corner somewhere because you got right. them. You just never follow oh, through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you bet. <laughs> yeah, back to what you were saying about, about that, you know, that lights on moment for, for somebody. You know, I, I remember that. I worked for a number of years with blinded vets um, as a contractor oh. with the VA. And so, you know, you bring in that, that piece of machine that was ordered for them and, and you'd set it up in their, in their home and teach them how to use it. And that first time they're like, I can see my kids again, or my grandkids. Oh, wow. And just that moment is like, they're just, you know, they're just overwhelmed by the fact that they can use it and, and you're trying to make it as easy as possible. And, and they just, yeah, that, so I, I, I get what you're saying about that, that lights on moment for, you know, for me, it's that it's the same thing when all of a sudden I can't do something on a phone or on my, on my computer and just boom, you figure it out. I think, I think certain people, and it sounds like uh, you and I are definitely on this uh, end of the spectrum is great joy comes from helping other people. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's, that's the purpose behind this, this entire show is, was to show how, you know, a lot of people in the, in the, in the blind community are, are very intimidated by MacBooks because, you know, it's a different way of thinking accessibility is compared to the windows side of life. And, you know, these are some really powerful, you know, machines that are sitting in front of us and they can do these crazy, amazing things. And, nobody really knows how to use them because they're a little bit afraid of them. And my personal journey was, was with this show started back. Um, I got my first Mac in 2016. It was a MacBook pro and it sat on my desk for two years because I was so afraid of that thing. No way. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah. And so, and so right? I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I got this, I got this, you know, this incredibly expensive paperweight sitting there. And so finally I pulled out and says, I'm going to conquer you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And, and I opened it up and I started going through online things, you know, of course on windows and learned how to work this thing. And I said, you know what, I, I need to take this knowledge. And, you know, the way, the way my teaching background is, is, you know, you use, you, you see one, you do one, you teach one. And so, you know, I read about it, I figured it out. Now I got to teach it. And, and I said, this is, that's where this, the concept for the show came into being. Okay. Yeah. Teaching is definitely the best way to learn because you're going to look like an idiot if you don't know what you're doing. Right? Well, that's so why, that's why I have it. Jason and Katie with me because they oh. make me look good. <laughs> <laughs> Notice they're doing all the talking now. <laughs> I was going to say, you could take that one or two ways the way you said that, right? <laughs> I think he might have just slammed you guys. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't oh, no, know. They're, no, they're def- no, they're definitely the owls to my Tim Taylor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so, and, and yeah, but, but yeah, but, um, I don't know. Uh, I think, I think it's been, it's been an amazing journey with, with learning this and, and then coming, coming across you and I found you by a Google search. Yeah. Well, how, how did that happen? So one of the pieces of software that, that all of us use, uh, in our, in our broadcasting, uh, on Max is, a, is, is the Rogue Amoeba line of products. And I was trying to do something. 
and I couldn't figure out how to do it. It just didn't make sense. Something wasn't working quite right. And I came across this block that didn't, that didn't make any sense to me. It was called channel and it didn't offer any description of it in any of the, the, the documentation. I couldn't find anything. So I literally Google searched audio hijack channel block voiceover. And about three things down was this post you would put up back in March on interesting audio hijack configurations. And you had exported four of them. And I pulled it down. I looked at them. I said, this might figure it out. And I read the whole block. And you talked about the channel block. You mentioned it, but you didn't say what it did. And I'm like, okay, okay. so you know what? I'm just going to email her and just take that shot and say, you know, either she's going to ignore it and I'm never going to get my answer and I'm no worse than I am now, or (laughs) she's going to respond and I'm going to be in a better position than I was. And you did. That's that's, that's fun. And that's, and that started a two hour, like, you know, Tyson, use your words. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so a couple of things about Rogue Amoeba. I do uh, video tutorials for uh, Don McAllister's Screencast Online. It's a uh, Mac tutorial service that people actually pay to be members of. Um, it's very visual, I'm afraid. But one of the things I've done is I've gone through all of the major Rogue Amoeba tools and taught them for the Screencast Online audience. And I actually demonstrate in the, the show or explain exactly how it, they are accessible. And I make a really strong point about that because I want people to know. And um, you're actually the third person I've helped with who is uh, not cited to use Rogue Amoeba's Audio Hijack. And it's just two other people who were just like, hey, can you teach me this? And I'm like, okay, let's do it. We usually end up with the most, the hardest part is I need them to show me their screen and I need to be able to hear what they're doing. And that makes it a little bit tricky because they've got to turn the screen on, first of all, and be able to share the screen and let me be able to see it. Um, mm-hmm. But I've definitely been able to teach them. And that that is a real tribute to the developers at Audio Hijack. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is such a case of not trying to bolt on accessibility after the fact, but building it foundationally into everything they do. I don't yes. think there's a company that's better, is there? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, they stand out in my book too. It's I, I go to them and they have something that works perfectly and it's fully accessible. Yeah, it's it's crazy that it works so well. So um, I've I've really enjoyed working with people and teaching them how to use Audio Hijack uh, because the accessibility mm-hmm. is just so good. It's it is the tool that probably if I had to leave to go to Windows, this would be the one thing that would just be dropped out. I can't do it. I can't do what I do without Rogamiba's tools. So mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I, I love I look at it. Absolutely love them. And like you said, every time every time you put in your product key, it throws confetti. I know. Yeah, when you put your product ID in, does it make the sound of confetti for you? It doesn't, sadly. No. I, I have enough vision where I can see the little, you know, the little sparkly. Oh, my, we, we got to talk to Paul Kafasis. I think that's a real miss. I, I, think, I, think, yeah. I think we need to do like the sound of like an applause thing going on. Like, yay. Or like the fireworks, stuff. you know, on the iPhone, they have the special effects. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. There <laughs> you go. There you yeah. go. I'm, I'm going to make a note. I am going to, I'm going to write to Paul <laughs> and I'm going to tell him we want the confetti. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, want, we want some sound on it. All right. Yeah. Cause I, I never even bought knew some of their products. Yeah. I didn't either. I didn't either. Mm-hmm. I've been re- uninstalling and reinstalling stuff as I've been setting up a new M1 Mac Mini, ah, yes. and uh, mm-hmm. and I was so excited I got to see the confetti again because I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. You know, yeah, I just nice. set up my Mac, and yeah, it's amazing. It's like, oh yeah, I have to go grab that and that and that. It's like, wow, I actually use quite a few apps. So, right, that's what yeah. I've been doing with mine too. 
Yeah. Do you use SoundSource by any chance? I do not. I'm, I'm not. Um, I want to get more into the audio stuff. So, um, uh, you know, trying to learn hijack and some of these things. Um, so, so SoundSource is like uh, the sound control panel on or system preference pane on steroids. Okay. It's a it's an app that, uh, and of course, it's accessible. It's an app that allows you to control the audio uh, of its separate applications. So, like right oh. now, one of the problems I have is that um, certain applications make noise even if you have do not disturb on like I do right now if that person is in your uh if they're a VIP mm-hmm. so like the other day I had my uh, somebody called me one of my family members called me on FaceTime well if I knew FaceTime was a possibility and I opened FaceTime you can actually make there be no audio just from that one app so you can select apps. Right now, I've got Telegram open, um, and uh, my husband is tracking my volume. You may have noticed I got a little louder. He said my voice was too low. So I've got that on, but I always have the sound on. Well, I don't want to hear it. So I can use SoundSource and just tell it, just mute Telegram independently. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can change the input volume so you could have it real low. So like when I'm testing something with voiceover, I don't yeah. want it at full system volume. Exactly. So I just turn, you can independently turn voiceover to a lower level, separate from your Brilliant. system volume. That's what I need. I need that app. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my problem with Zoom. I plug in my headphones and voiceover is blasting in my ear and I'm like, right. hello? <laughs> yeah, you can set certain apps to be favorites so they're always in the list whether they're running nice. or not. Where um, do we get this app? <laughs> from Rogamiba. Oh, Rogamiba. of course. Well, I might as well just go buy their app. So when I bought their apps, I bought the podcast bundle that they offered because they're like, you oh. save money. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Um, you know, and I've heard good things about them. So I, I wanted to support them. And um, Absolutely. But that is really cool. And I saw a couple of other apps that sounded interesting, but I'm like, well, I don't know if I need that. So um, now <laughs> I shall go visit their site again. It's Pokemon. Collect them yes. all. Yes. I mean, I'm joking, but I, I love seriously supporting developers. That, that you know make good products uh, and and that are doing good stuff. So um, I will happily give them my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> Take all my money. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you what, Allison. Would you like to uh, see if we have anybody in the audience that would like to ask you some questions? That's terrifying. Sure. Is it? Let's do it. <laughs> so, so that means that's why we got to do it, right? I do Debbie, a live rate, a live show, but I don't let anybody ask me questions except in text. So we'll see I how know. this works. <laughs> and, and yeah, so and I and I had done that before, and it was just it was terrifying to me because I'm like this scroll the scroll one is. Just, <laughs> so, okay. Debbie, if you could if hey. you could go over the commands and that and see who we well, got out there. We have a hand raised already. Linda Yaks. Linda. Oh, hi, Linda. Okay, am I mute? If I am muted, yeah, you are. All right. <clears throat> Tonight, for some reason, my unmute button has been a jerk. Um, <laughs> I have a question. I know this is an appropriate question for this call, but I am doing a let's talk finance call, and some of the folks on my call are Mac and iOS users. And we were looking at various ways to track our finances. And I found one thing on um, iOS that I thought might be fairly compatible to uh, for our use. And it says it's available for the Mac too. Do any of you know of a, a good financial tracking software that uh, could be used on the iOS or the Mac that is accessible? And one of my participants is really looking for something a little more business oriented where he can track his uh, rental properties and and stuff like that i sure don't i'm I'm at a loss i know there's a financial tracking app that is i I mean it has 
maybe some business functions, um, but I, I don't know what becomes involved with rental properties and the kinds of things you want to keep track of. But Checkbook Pro from, I believe it's Splasm Software, uh, is very accessible and up to date. Uh, so I would recommend that. That's it a Mac seem, app. It does not seem to be available for, for the phone, for the iPhone. No. Okay. So it's not okay. on both. So it's on the Mac. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. Someone else had recommended Checkbook Pro. In fact, I think Matt Volbrook recommended it to me. Okay. But I don't have a Mac. And so uh, the one I found, which was pretty simple, it's called Debit Credit. And uh, it... Um, I was able to make it work enough to be able to, you know, demonstrate a little bit how it worked for them anyway. But it, I did not go ahead and purchase the premium for twelve ninety nine because I'm not going to use it. Twelve ninety nine a year, I don't think is unreasonable for that at all. So I don't know if it would do what my person on that call needs, but hopefully he's going to check it out. But I just thought it would ask the experts. So thank you. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you. Okay, and William Berger? I'm sure if I'm pronouncing that right. William Poger is what I might guess. Okay. William Poger. Maybe. It's all run together. Yeah. <laughs> William? William? I think you're still muted, William. Uh, Hello. Window. Lower hand button. Hi. Hey. You hear me? Yes. Okay. It's my first time using Zoom on my Mac, so um, I just bought Audio Hijack today, and I'm looking forward to using it. I uh, do a podcast already, but I use... Uh, iPhone recorders to produce it. Um, what resources would you recommend I check out to, to uh, fully get, you know, get the most help I can for starting to learn it? The first thing I would tell you is that the manual is actually really, really good. When I taught the the class on how to use it for the uh, for screencast online, I made my outline by going through the manual page by page and learned each thing. Um, if you get stuck, uh, Tyson knows how to find me. If you uh, if you need a private lesson, I could I would still be willing to do that again. Um, the the basic idea of Audio Hijack is it gives you a way to logically lay out everything from an input, a microphone, to an output, which can be a speaker or a recorder. And it, so, at the very simplest, you can pull in a block that is for your microphone and another block that's a recorder, and you're done. That would be a, a successful audio hijack session. But hey, you want to put a recorder in. So you drag in a recorder block. You think, hey, I want to boost the volume on my on my mic, which is how I did it for the show today. You can put in a volume slider. Okay, that's great. Well, I need a meter to find out whether what my volume is like. And I'm, I'm watching my peak RMS meters. You know, I'd like to add a little EQ to my voice. I'm going to add a 10-band equalizer. And you just keep dragging these little blocks in until you build out a workflow or you know a flow of your audio the way you want it. Okay, because I, you know, the only pieces of equipment I have right now are my Mac and my iPhone. Uh huh. So I don't have any external microphones or anything like that. But yeah, you probably do want to get an external mic. Um, but you know, the Mac's microphones aren't bad. You sound pretty good. Um, you. But you need to. You definitely, if you want to get serious about no, whether you want to get serious about podcasting or not, you need to buy a lot of mics. That's what we do. That's what the the habit is for: is to have lots of mics. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm teasing <laughs> at least a little bit. Three at any given time. <laughs> exactly. There's a there's a mic from uh, the company Shure S H U R E. Um, they just introduced it. It's the MV5C, and it's a it's a hundred dollar uh, little USB mic, and it's got great audio. It's it's uh, it's a really nice little device for a quick and easy USB mic. So you don't need to 
do any fancy stuff. I tried using an, a, a, a mixer, which is what a lot of podcasters use. It's a big physical mixer. It's got big long dials and sliders and all this stuff. And it was a nightmare. I couldn't stand it. It, it took up half my desk and it, I was always afraid I'd bump one of the dials and I didn't know what it did and couldn't understand it. I replaced I'm I'm that functionality. Okay. I'm company. <laughs> Jason and I were having that exact conversation right. about 20 uh, minutes before you joined us. I 100% replaced that with Audio Hijack. I do everything with Audio nice. Hijack. Right now I'm piping, I, I'm using it right now to record this call for my podcast. So I've got uh, the Zoom call going into uh, a volume slider in case the person I'm talking to is too high or too low. I've got an AU Dynamics processor on it. Um, I've got meters going. I'm, uh, it's how I run my podcast. I can't do it without this. Hmm. Well, I'll have to just learn and, and um, take it you know, piece by piece. There is yeah. also... Uh, there's also a great support article, and I don't think it's in the manual, but it's on the Rogue Amoeba site that specifically describes configuring your audio blocks using voiceover. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I thought it was very cool when I found it. I didn't know it was there. Yeah, so just using your option, your command keys, and, and any combination thereof with the arrows, you can move those by like 25, you know, 0.25 or, or a full block. Mm-hmm. So you can suddenly the move I- them and... In that post that uh, Tyson found, I one of the ones I posted, one of the this, this sessions, you call a session when you build up this set of blocks. I posted a session that I worked out with Shelly Brisbane. You guys know Shelly? Yeah. She does, yes. She yes. wrote the iOS Access for mm-hmm. All book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to have her on the show where we were going to be teaching some things and we were both going to be using voiceover on our uh, on our phones. And so we piped in the audio from our phones into an audio hijack session. I built it on my side and then I sent it to her and she she sucked it into her audio hijack. And we were able to record both of our voices and both of our phones talking. And so awesome. it was it was a great way to get them both going. It was it took a while to figure out how to sure. do that, but we got it to work. And that's also on that same blog post uh, that uh, the Tyson found. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh. So the mic that you recommended, um, are you using it now or is it just one that you know of? No, I have a what I call a big girl mic. <laughs> 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 it, I, it's a high LPR 40. It's like mm-hmm. a $350 phone yeah, or um, sure. uh, mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, you know, I think there's a, like I said, there's an addiction you get into in podcasting where sure. you just want to play with mm-hmm. microphones. I don't think it's necessary for me to have this, but I really like my voice with it. So yes. Yeah, you sound great. And I have the competitor to that. I have the Shure SM7. <laughs> oh, I'm getting one of those to test. Oh. Yeah, that's that's brand new, isn't it? Uh, well, I I think they've maybe, you know, changed it over time a little bit, but um, I feel like it's been around for a little while. I just haven't gotten it until recently, and I'm loving it. So I, I look forward I to hearing what you think about they, it. I believe it's new. I interviewed... Um, uh, Laura David uh, Davidson is that Laura? I think Laura's her first name, uh, and they just announced the um, the SM7. Ah, okay. So it it very well could be. Um, I they had, had an a- SM7B. Oh, okay. Ago. I think that's what that's maybe this one is not that, but I remember hearing about that, and maybe that's. I thought this one might be the same without the B, but maybe the B is and maybe a big difference. I'm getting the number wrong, <laughs> the model number wrong. Mm. That is completely possible. That's like me. Well, still, I can't wait to hear about it when you get it. <laughs> and thank, thank you, William, for the question. Uh, I think we've got enough time for one more. Brian Smith has his hand up. Hey, Brian. Brian. 
Hey, what's going on, guys? There he is, Mr. Outside Adventure himself. That's it. So I depend on other people a lot, and you guys are giving some great information because I am an infant when it comes to accessibility stuff and things. So I depend on my sighted family and friends a lot or those people in my life like Tyson that are really good at it. And I want to get self-sufficient at it. And one of the things I really like to get self-sufficient at is um, video editing. So can you recommend any video editing software that's out there that um, is works well with accessibility? I don't do a lot of video editing, but I wonder whether Final Cut is from Apple. Yeah, Final Cut's, Final Cut's supposed to be fairly accessible. I think Andy. it's it's not too bad. Yeah, um, it's okay. <laughs> I've tried it and I've done it in the store. And okay. they you know, the geniuses try to help me along as much as they can. They're like, Yeah, we just haven't come across this. I was like, Yeah, I know. The one guy didn't even know how to turn the voiceover on. So that was Have you tried fun. iMovie at all? I have not. Yeah, okay. actually, yeah, that's, that's a better place one. to start. Mm-hmm. Because that it's a little more um it, you know, it's not quite as uh, full blown as um final cut but i was able to um you know do some trimming and make sure that the video was still in sync with the audio and mm-hmm. uh it worked out pretty well it, i i i did it like once and i was happy that i was able to do it so i i don't know how much things have changed uh since right. two or three years ago but um i would imagine it's still a workable yeah, thing but, yeah i might try that because it's it's simple video editing for like vlogging and stuff that you know, in with me being visually impaired, some of the video doesn't come out the way <laughs> I, I think it's coming out. And, right. But the rest of the video looked great. So it's like, okay, I want to cut this somehow. Um, sure. But cool. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It might You're welcome. be the same for the uh, sight links as well. Uh, I do want to correct myself. <laughs> I was completely wrong on the uh, model number. The model that was just introduced is the MV7. Oh. And it says, inspired by the legendary SM7B. So it's not. I'm not completely wrong, except mm. for totally wrong on the model number. Oh, okay. Well, now I'll have to look at this microphone and see what it's all about. Cool. So you need that too. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. One more. One more mic is never a bad thing. Brown has left a meeting. Right. Sorry about that right. doorbell. So we got just a few minutes here left to wrap up. Is there uh, any final thoughts that you'd like to to wish upon us, Allison? Um, I guess keep helping me learn is what I would say. If there's there's things that I say, especially in the podcast, well, I should plug my shows because it's not just the one well, show. I was going to give you the opportunity to do all that. <laughs> but if I say dumb things about accessibility, you should write to me and correct me. If I'm, if I'm wrong, I want to know. Um, if there's something I need to learn, um, I, I definitely want to know how to do it better. Um, so I do the NoSilicast, which is my main show. It's the a technology geek podcast with an ever so slight Apple bias. A little bit of sarcasm there. Um, but I also do a show called Chit Chat Across the Pond Light, which is me talking to people I find interesting in technology. Uh, not always Mac-related. I have a psychologist who comes on from time to time who's fantastic, and we talk about completely different things, but that's a fun show. And then uh, I do uh, a programming show with a gentleman named Bart Bouchatz. He's teaching us to program in an audio podcast. It's called Programming by Stealth. 
And it's he's got really good tutorial show notes that go along with the programming lessons that are done in audio. But I play the stooge in the front row going, wait a minute, I don't understand. Explain that to me slower. And, That'd be uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get along fine. But people really like that because I stop him at the right times, they say, mm-hmm. when, when I'm confused. They're confused too, in some cases anyway. Um, so that's a really fun show. So that's Programming by Stealth, Chit Chat Across the Pond Light, and the no cast. Okay. And all those are found at your website? Podfeet.com. I have great naming. They're yeah. named after my feet. My husband says I have feet like pods and we named it podfeet.com. <laughs> I love the name. I love the name. And uh, of course, definitely everyone listening, uh, subscribe, come in. Uh, she has a Patreon to support the site if that's, if that's your thing. Um, and uh us, uh, Katie, Jason, Debbie, you guys want to say any final thoughts before we wrap up? I'm just thanks. Thr- your spirit, your humor. <laughs> Yay! Good, thank you. Um, it's great to have another female on our panel. So, so glad you could be here. <laughs> More girls, you betcha. <laughs> and uh, I remember you from 2005. Um, I can't remember. There were other people you would join with. At the time, oh, the Mac Roundtable. Yes, that's oh, what it was. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not sure it goes back quite that far, but yeah, we we used to do a group thing uh, with a, a bunch of a bunch of Mac heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't remember. I mean, heck, and we we all talked about how our memories can be. Um, but I know I know it was you know I was I was listening to podcasts and you know pretty much aware of them when they started and then I remember running into your podcast and then hearing the Mac Roundtable and it all kind of blurs together but it's just so cool to to hear you and and get to meet with you and and uh, know that you're still doing your thing and doing a great job and uh, I was really happy when Tyson turned me on to your podcast again because I had fallen by the wayside mm-hmm. so it's Nice to be a subscriber. Well, again. Nice to have you back, Jason. That that's a neat story. I like to hear that. <laughs> yeah, the background table was amazing, but it's actually a lot harder to do a show with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's harder to get people together and get them to do things than it is to do it by yourself. I think so. Right. Uh, but I I'm going to keep going. Great. Awesome. Awesome. I'll be tuned and- in. So, yeah, so uh, thank you so much for coming and talking to us and uh, telling us your story and, and all those fun little tidbits that you've you've come across and the stories from your time at the different uh, at Mac Stock or Mac World and, uh, and CSUN. Uh, go Matadors. Just got to say that. And, I'll be back uh, when it's open. <laughs> right. Maybe we can um, all get together. Possibly. Let me awesome. And we would love to have you back again here sometime uh, in the future. So, um, again, just thank you. Thank you so much for coming in and talking with us. It's, it's really been just, um, an amazing kind of a a pleasure for us to, to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm really honored. This was exciting. Oh, you are. You're, you're like our first big guest celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I'm sure you've picked up more than a few more, uh, uh, non-sided friends and followers and fans. So, uh, for, for Magic Mac, for Debbie and Katie and Jason and myself, I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to us tonight. Those of you who listened on ACB Radio Community, thank you for joining us. Uh, and we're going to take the next, our next schedule would be the third Wednesday, but we're going to take that off because we have, uh, we have the big leadership conference coming up and, and, uh, 
all of us are going to be kind of in in uh, mode to get ready to do the leader the DC leadership conference. So we'll be back in the beginning of March. Uh, and uh, if, other than that, good night, everybody. <laughs>